we're going to get going with today's uh, service, with our today's sermon. How many enjoyed the, the Blessed Life series where I was talking about the last three weeks on financial stewardship? Hopefully you got something out of that. Hopefully you learned to be generous and were a blessing to somebody. I know some of you have been extremely generous, and we thank you for that. And we're uh, um, grateful for that. Amen? But it's, it's such a blessing to give. Such a blessing to give. And uh, don't stop giving because God is in the blessing business, amen? He wants you to be a blessing to others, to those around you. So, you know, I, I was, uh, as yes, last week as we finished up our baptisms, and we have Tommy and Gracie here. Just give them a big hand who got baptized last week. So proud of them. Taking the public step of, conf of confessing their faith in Christ. And the Bible says to do this outwardly. It's an outward example. It's like a, what I do here when I wear a ring. It's an outward symbol that I'm married. Baptism is the same thing. We profess our faith in an outward expression of our faith. And, and we read the scripture last week out there, Romans 6-4, where we are buried with him in baptism and we arise a new creation. Amen? Old things are passed away. You know, you're, you're beginning your new life in Christ. That's what it represents. And uh, we're so grateful for that. But it got me to thinking, you know, that, that's one of the blessings of being in a church body, um, to belong to a church. And so really what I want to talk to you today, I've titled this, The Church, Your Spiritual Family and Life's Purpose. How many are thankful just for this church? You thankful for this church? I know there's, there, you know, most of you that I that I know are thankful for this church. You love this church. There's many here that aren't here today that are taking advantage of that long weekend, that Memorial Day weekend. Um, you're not going to get me caught in that traffic, no way. But um, God has blessed us for being part of this church. I remember when we first started it. Uh, September 13th in 2013, and we went to Canyon Oaks Elementary School, and I believe there was four people there besides my family. We, I think we had a total of eight people there. Irene and Wayne were two of the people there, and I believe Ed and Betty Miller were the other two, and possibly Lola might have, might have been there. But it was small beginnings, right? And it was, a, it was a small beginning, but now we've gotten to grow and know each other. And the wonderful thing about the church is we grow together, amen? We get to know each other. We get to pray for each other, encourage each other. It's not a place of, of, um, of gossip or it's not a place of judging you, you know? Uh, the Bible describes us in, in the Word of God. He describes murderers, idolaters, you know... Uh, you name it, any kind of sin, and said, such were some of you. That's what the Bible says. But here in the church house, we're one. One people united because we've been saved by Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's what we're thankful for. That's what the church exists for. And so I want to talk to you about that for the next few minutes. It's just a reminder that you and I need every, every year in our lives of why does the church exist? And especially for some of you that are younger in your faith, you need to be reminded. So first of all, what is the church? Is it this building? No, it's not a building. Everybody say the church is not a building. The church is the people. The church is the people. 
You and I are the church. You and I, wherever we go, you can have church at home. You know, it doesn't have to have a steeple and a cross on your, on your house. You can have church, and we've done that literally a hundred times and more in our house. And you've been there to our house as we've had church. In fact, the Bible says a believer without a church home is like an organ without a body. It just, it doesn't work. You can't have a heart, a liver, lungs without a body. They need each other to function. And I'm going to show you through Scripture how that works. Because to do that, it's an unnatural state. And in fact, you have run into people like this. I have run into people like this. Oh, I don't go to church. I, I just do God on my own. How many have ever heard that or something similar to that? I, I don't need church. And those people always worry me. They always worry me because they can be open to all sorts of different belief systems and they're never held under authority or accountability to anybody else. You see, that's the power of the church. You're in and under an authority of a pastor, of encouraged by other believers, amen? Just like I am held under authority by other pastors that have that oversee my ministry, amen? So the reason for the church is to offer you to be accountable, uh, accountable, or, uh, accountable to one another. That is what I'm trying to say. Let's turn to, to um, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. I have it up on the screen for you, but if you want to read it in your Bible version, this is the New American Standard Bible version. And it goes like this. So then you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Let me just pray right now. Father God, we pray for the next few moments that you would just give us the words. Give me the words, Lord, to speak and give us the ears to hear your anointed word already. And we thank you, Father, for the blessing that it is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Prior to this, I didn't take the time to read all of Ephesians chapter 2, but it's talking about the life of a new believer. You've been saved by grace. God has done a transformation in your life. And then they get to verse 19 here. So essentially what it's saying, so because of this, oh, so then you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're no longer an enemy, but you're a fellow citizen with the saints and are of God's household. You belong to God's house. Say this with me. I belong to God's house. No matter what the enemy has said to you, no matter how unworthy you may have felt at one time or another, you belong to God's house. The scripture says, fellow citizens, in some of your Bibles it might say it differently, but what's a fellow citizen? It's a believer. Who is a believer? One that has confessed their sins to Jesus Christ and received them as Lord and Savior into their life. One that has been born again. Amen? That's trusting Jesus Christ every day in how to live their life. It's one thing to just confess your sins and receive Christ as your Savior, but if you're not allowing and trusting Him in your life daily, that's not a born-again believer right there. That's just one that had an experience, amen? So again, it's trusting God day by day. That's what a believer is. But sadly, today in our culture, we have so much individualism, right? Everybody wants to be their own person. 
and sometimes even beyond the male and the female that God created. And we know how all that's working. It's just the mess. It's confusion in our world. And what it's created is it's created in the process in the church spiritual orphans, those that don't have a family, those that don't belong, those that feel outside and neglected. Amen? Maybe such were some of you. Maybe some of you never wanted to belong to a church initially, but you found a church family. And here's the other sad part. Many people mistakenly believe that it's possible to be a good Christian, a good believer, without attending a church. Ooh, let me say that again. Some of you might think that it's possible to be a good Christian, a good believer, without attending church. But I'm here to tell you, the Word of God strongly opposes that. How many know there are no Lone Ranger Christians in the church world? And those of you that are under the age of 40 go, who's a Lone Ranger around here? So they have no concept of that. Uh, we can talk later. But I want to remind you today, the church is significant. It's so significant that Jesus died on the cross for the church. So let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Ephesians chapter 5. I usually, we usually see this when we're talking about marriage um, and preaching on marriage. But here, listen to these words of Jesus, uh, or to the words of, uh, I'm sorry, Paul. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. You see, the, the church is the bride of Christ. It's referenced in the Bible as the bride of Christ. And Jesus gave his life for her, for the church. So if you don't think church is important, you're missing the whole point right here of what Jesus came to do. He died not only for you and I as individuals, but for the whole church at large. Amen? Not just for our church, but I'm talking about the, the faith, the, the, the believers in our world, the Baptists, the, the Pentecostals, those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That's who he came to die for. If Jesus died for the church, you and I should want to know what the purpose is of the church is. Amen? You and I should desire to know, well, if Jesus thought it was so important, I really need to understand what the church exists for. And again, if, if, uh, if you go through the Bible and you see the word church, anytime you see the word church, it's talking about believers that, had, that met, that broke bread, that fellowship, that prayed together. Any place you see that in the Word of God, it's referring to members of a local belonging of believers. Amen? So if you follow Christ, what, we're, what I'm trying to tell you, it's important to belong to a spiritual family. You can't live life on your own. Uh, I, I know some people that believe in Jesus Christ and they have church in their home and they've done it for years. And I'm, I'm not against that. I think we can do that successfully. But I know people that have done that, but they've got a hodgepodge of doctrine that is all messed up when you listen to them speak. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and give me some of this, and I'll sprinkle some of that. And that's what they believe. And really what it is, it's the blind leading the blind. 
because they think they're going and following God's word, but because they have no authority in their life, it's leading them down a path of deception. Amen? And that's why the church exists to encourage you. You know, every one of you should have the right, if you hear Pastor Rick or anybody in any church say something that you're going like, wait a minute, I've never seen that in the Bible. Then call me out on it. Ask me after service, where is that found in the Bible? That's what I want you to absolutely do at any time. Amen? But wait till after the service. All right. So again, Jesus said that it's important to belong to a spiritual family. In fact, in John chapter 13, verse 35, listen to what Jesus said here. By this, all people will know that you are my, my disciples, if you have love for one another. Where do disciples get together? Where do believers get together? In church. How, are we, how are, is the world going to know um, that we are his disciples? By our love for one another. Amen? That's why in every church, in our, this church, we can be ac accepting of anybody that comes in through this door. Anybody that walks in. Homeless, rich, white, brown, black. It doesn't matter. We accept you as you are through that door. Because we want to allow God to love on you. Amen? We want God to transform them and show them what a church family is all about. And here's the thing. You're strengthened by belonging to a church. How many have felt God's strength when they come? In fact, yes, there, there's some hands there. How many can relate to this? You know, there, there's sometimes you may not even feel like coming to church. You're tired. You're worn out. And, and you're just, you barely dragged yourself to church, but you found that that service was the best service you, had, you had, could ever ask for, and you were blessed by it. How many, raise your hand if, that, if that, you could relate to that. I know that was me last week. I'm just kidding. Uh, I love coming here every Sunday. I was just telling uh, Pastor Elizabeth, she was over at our house yesterday, we had her over, and I was just telling her that when, you're, when you do ministry, the thing that you're called to do, and when you know that you're called to do it, it's the most fulfilling thing in your life. And for me, when I teach the Word of God, it's the most fulfilling thing I could do in my life. Uh, I could help my dad pour concrete or help my brother-in-law uh, mix, some, mix some mortar, but it's not fulfilling for me. It might be for them, but the most fulfilling thing for me is to preach the Word because I'm operating in what God has created for my life, for the purpose that he's given me. Amen? So, so we're strengthened as believers. When you meet at church, you're motivated, you're encouraged. I'm sure some of you already, as you gather together in fellowship before the service, were encouraged by someone else. Maybe someone's smile, just looking at you and smiling, encouraged you. You see, this is what you have to think about, because if you don't show up, Who's going to be there to smile at that person, to greet that person that was looking forward to a smile? Maybe to a hug. Maybe they hadn't been hugged in a couple of days, in a, couple of, in a week. You don't know everybody's situation here. And, and you have to think about those, thi those things. That's why you're needed at the church house. All of you are needed to be in the church house. So here's what I want to remind you as well. A church is not a place I go to or an event I attend. 
It is a spiritual family that I belong to. Amen? Did you get that? It's not a place that you go to or an event that you attend. I can go attend a, a Golden State Warriors basketball game, a San Francisco Giants baseball game. I go and attend and observe, but I don't belong to them. When I come here, we belong. Everybody say, I belong, because you all belong here. This is a family. You are welcome here. There's no danger here. Everybody here is protected, amen? That's a good thing. That's a great thing to know. In fact, let's go to Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 and 42. Um, Peter was preaching here in Acts chapter 2 verses 41 and 42. He says, So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Talk about a revival, amen? They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What does a spiritual family do? It's described right here. They continually devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the teaching of the Word of God, number one, to fellowship, to encourage each other. That's what fellowship is all about. It's not about having a, a potluck, although that's a blessing. I remember the first time I was saved and I heard the word fellowship. I had no clue. What is fellowship? I wasn't raised in the church, so I heard, yeah, we're going to go have fellowship afterwards. I thought they were talking about a piece of pie. I thought they were going to go have a piece of pie. But I, I understood later it was they were going to get together. And that's what encourages people, believers, to get together, to encourage one another. Amen? So they... Uh, followed themselves in fellowship. They, they broke bread together. They had meals together, and they prayed. It's so important that we understand those essential pieces of what a church is all about. And here's the, here's the definition for you. A church is a group of baptized believers. Why do I say baptized? Because immediately after they were all saved, the Bible says they all got baptized, every single one of them. And some of you have gotten saved and have waited weeks and weeks, and that's okay, but God wants us to get baptized. Jesus said, go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. He, he said, teach them, teach them the Word of God, make disciples, and then baptize them. And that's what we're supposed to do. That's the logical pattern. So a church is a group of baptized believers who've joined together in a commitment to help each other fulfill God's purposes in their lives. There's actually five purposes that the church exists for. Did you know that? And probably more, but five that we're going to talk about today. And there's, and there's many reasons that people come to church. Some of you come for those five purposes. Others come for other reasons. There's single men in every church, single ladies in every church, and I don't need to even go there. You know what I'm talking about. And, and that could be a good thing. Everybody wants companionship. There's nothing wrong with that. God, I believe God has a perfect person for every single person. If you truly desire that in your heart, write it down on a piece of paper and pray for that. Say, Lord, this is what I want in my life. And then describe them. I want them six foot two. I want them 180 pounds, whatever it is. And, and describe exactly what you want. That's I'll tell you, and I've told you this many times, that's exactly what I've done in my life. 
for my wife, for everything I've gotten, my kids, my, my, my house, uh, everything God's ever blessed me with, I've prayed for because I wrote it down. And then I laid hands on it. Or my family, we laid hands on it. Amen. That's another topic for another day. But again, the five core purposes of why the church exists, listen to this. First of all, it's worship. I don't believe these are on your outline. But the first one is worship. You and I were created to worship. Amen? That's the very reason you were created. It wasn't to become a millionaire. It wasn't to become a homeless person. It wasn't to struggle in life. It wasn't to live in a beautiful house or a tiny car. If you're living in a car, you were created to worship, to worship Almighty God. The second thing is you were created for fellowship. Human beings need fellowship. Those that do not have fellowship or communication with others develop psychological disorders. Did you know that? They develop psychological disorders. You and I need fellowship. Our body, our natural uh, human nature craves that. Some more than others, all right? I could be all right living on a rock, I tell myself all the time. I could be on a, me and my dad could hang out on a rock and not have a problem and have nobody around us, right? No problem to a certain point. And then there's some of you, no, you, you need to talk to somebody. I mean, you, Anna needs people around her, and, and that's okay. God created us all different. Amen. That's why some of you do well in crowds, and others don't like crowds. I don't like crowds. I'll go to crowds, but I don't really care for crowds. But I do it because I love my wife. Amen. Amen. So, fellowship. And then the third thing is discipleship. You were created and for church so that you could become discipled. You'll never learn if you don't sit at the master's feet and, and begin to study the word of God. You'll never learn what the purpose of his word is for you. We have to become disciples. And then, fourthly, ministry. Every one of you here, whether you realize this or not, are ministers. You're ministers because God has created you to minister to somebody else. You have ministered to many people. All of you have. And he's created you that way. It's not just Pastor Rick and nobody else. You're all ministers, and you were designed that way. Have you ever just shared what God's done for you in your life? That's part of being a minister, ministering, and, and more importantly, ministering in your gift. Some of you are teachers. Raise your hand if you're a teacher at heart that you can teach. Okay, maybe yeah, there's a couple here. How many here are vocally talented that, that you can sing? I know there's some of you here that can sing. And it's more important of, for those of us that don't know how to sing, okay, that we know our gifts as well and our weaknesses. But God has gifted some of you so that you can do ministry. And then there's the last thing, evangelism. I love what Brother Victor, who's not here today, he carries, I don't know if you know this, he carries Bible tracts with him. He has them on his hip like a cell phone. And he, and he has a little case. So when he meets somebody for the first time, he pulls one out, and he gives them to somebody, and then he'll pray with them if they allow him to. But on the tract is a prayer on how to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I have a bunch in the back there. I bought a whole bunch of them, and he's been burning them or using them up just as fast as I've been buying them. And he he's calls them bullets. 
if you've heard him say that, those are his bullets that he puts in his gun. And so that's evangelism, is spreading the word of God, telling somebody, witnessing to somebody. That's what the church exists for. We are to be a lighthouse, to exist to, to shine a light. You are to be a light to those around you. Can I get an amen? Now, the only way you can fulfill those five purposes in your life is with people in your life that are like-minded. You're not going to fulfill these purposes at the club. You're not going to fulfill them at the corner bar. You're not going to fulfill them if you're never in church. You're going to fulfill them when you're around and surrounded by like-minded people. What's the old saying? Birds of the same feather flock together, right? And that's what we do here as believers. We flock together. We do things together. We have church picnics together. We have public baptisms. We have potlucks together. Uh, we celebrate things together as a family because that's what the spiritual family is all about. That's what church is all about. And, and you might be here today and you might be thinking, yeah, Pastor Rick, but I can do all those things by myself. Yes, you can. You can do those things up to a certain point, but you need to be surrounded by God's people to encourage you. Because let me tell you, there will be times where you'll be at a low point in your life. And if you're by yourself, always by yourself, you'll stay that in that position. But when you're surrounded by people in the church that can encourage you, that can lift you up, that's why God designed the church. Amen? So, again, we, we don't want to live a self-centered life, uh, you know, as I referred to, a lone ranger. We, his, his core purpose for, for creating you was so that you would make him the center of, of your life. Amen, amen. You were also planned for God's pleasure. Did you know that? He created you for his pleasure. It's not the other way around. You, you don't pray to God for your pleasure. You don't ask God for your pleasure. He created you for his pleasure, amen? He loves you. He wants you to love him back. That's called a personal relationship. And for some of you, that's the new journey that you've started. It's a new journey to have this relationship with this God that, that we know as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of creation. God is telling you, I want to be the focus of your attention. And that's really what we're trying to teach here in church, in every church in this community, at every church at large, is to make Jesus Christ the center, the focus of your life. And if they're not teaching that, they're missing the boat. If they're teaching something else, they're missing the boat. So we understand why, why we have the church, but the question is, why do, you, why do we need the church well, I'm going to go through real quickly a few points here. Number one, the church is God's family. Everybody say, the church is God's family. And it's my family. Say that with me. Amen. This is your family. When you go around town, wherever you go, you can tell people, I have a church family. I have a family that loves me. I have a family that prays for me. I have a pastor and his wife that pray for me all the time. And you can be sure of that because I pray for every single one of you that are here. Amen? We are brothers and sisters in the family of God. Look around at somebody and tell them, you're my sister. You're my brother. Yeah, and, and see that? 
We may not look all alike. Some of you have blonde hair, black hair, gray hair, no hair. I mean, we're all brothers and sisters. Amen? Where's my brother-in-law Martin when I need him? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15 says this, For this reason I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We are family. We are family. Number two, I told you I'm going to go through these quickly. Number two, it's the reason God created the universe. Do you understand that God had you in mind before he even created the worlds? That, that just should blow your mind and, 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 and just blow your con concept of life. God had you in mind before he created the worlds. How, how do we know that? Well, let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. What he's saying there is he had you in mind before he even formed the worlds together. Before the foundation of this earth was put together, he had you in mind. Wow, that should just amaze you and blow you away and realize that's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares for you. And the third point is, God is using his church for his eternal purpose. God has a purpose for all things. How many know that? Uh, you may have, reflect back on your life and not understand why certain things have happened. I've talked to people that don't understand death. Uh, they have fear over this or that, and they can't comprehend it. And, and uh, what they're really saying is, I'm not trusting God by faith. I'm not trusting God that he has a plan. And I know this, that God has a plan uh, to, bring us, to bring us good, not to hurt us, nor to harm us. And the scriptures say in Romans that all things, everybody say all things, work together for, the, for those who are called according to his purpose. Amen? And so God works all things. We may not understand them in that moment. How could this be good, Lord? One day we'll understand why. He has an eternal purpose for you and I. In Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, listen to this. So that the multifaceted wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, God uses the church for his eternal purpose. And then, of course, the, I love this scripture found in Matthew. This is Peter um, receiving these words from Jesus here in uh, verse 18 where Jesus declared, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. The gates of hell will not overpower it. See, there is a plan, an eternal purpose in God's plan. Amen. And then the fourth and final thing is Jesus died for his church. It's so important for you to understand that. It really should be the, the first one listed, but I listed it last. But Jesus is, has died for this church and for every church in our community. The scripture that we read earlier, Ephesians 5 and verse 25 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church 
and gave himself up for her. Jesus Christ willingly sacrificed his life for you and I and for the church at large. Husbands, that's what you're supposed to do as well. You're supposed to be the protector. You're supposed to be able to jump in and save your spouse. Amen? I won't even ask that. Okay, let's just keep going. There are many blessings to the believer for belonging to a church family as I get ready to close here. The purpose of the church, real quickly, it will help me focus on God. The purpose of the church is to help you focus on God. Number two, it will help me face life's problems. How many know that you're going to have problems? They may have gone away last week or a week ago, but you're going to have some more new problems possibly next week or the month after that. That's a guarantee in this life. And the church is here to help you with that. We are here to pray for you, to encourage you along the way. Number three, it will help fortify my faith. I'll be able to see and hear testimonies of others and other believers of what God's done in your life, how God's strengthened you, how God's encouraged you to get through certain things. Number four, it will help me find my place to make a difference. Every church, just like us here today, needs laborers. We need laborers. We need people to come alongside and help out in different areas. When you find a place, you can make a difference, whether it's a greeter. Maybe it's helping here with our PowerPoint, our sound, or media. It will help you make a difference in the kingdom of God. And then finally, the fifth one, it will help me fulfill my life mission. God's given you and called you and given you a purpose in this life. And part of that purpose is serving with your time, your talents, and your treasures that God has given you. And, and, and God wants you to be a blessing to your church and to one another. Amen? So I just want to remind you as I close today, maybe you had a great week this past week. Maybe it was absolutely wonderful. And you felt like you didn't need to go to church. You thought, well, I don't need to go to church. I'm good. Life was really good this past week. God blessed me and oh, I'll just stay home. But if you aren't at church, someone's going to miss out on that encouragement. Someone's going to miss out on your wonderful smile, your contagious laugh, your handshake, because they look forward to that every Sunday. And for someone possibly on the edge of hopelessness and they come to a church like ours, that's what they're looking for. That's all they want is someone to encourage them, to give them a hug, for you to speak something into their life. Amen? And that's what it means to be the church. That's why the church exists. It's not a building. It's you and I. We are the church. Here's the truth as believers. We need each other. Amen? We're all just chain links. I'm trying to make a chain here. We're all links, and we need each other. We're powerless as just one link. A link is worthless, but when you put it together with other links, it becomes powerful, becomes strong. That's why we need each other. As believers, we're called to live by faith in a spiritual community. Amen. And it's why we celebrate communion, baptisms. It's why we celebrate other things like potlucks, 
fellowship nights, worship nights at our house, Wednesday night Bible studies on Zoom. We have quite a few of you that join in. That's awesome. And again, as I close, if you look around, we all come from different places, different demographics, ages, races, social statuses. And you know, it's a witness to the world that we can come together united as one. Amen? How many are thankful for that? We put our differences outside. In Christ, we're one. God doesn't see color. He doesn't see status, you know. He, he, he doesn't care what you drive, where you live. He sees your heart. And this is why the church exists. Let me read to you Galatians chapter two, 3 and verse 28. I, and I close with this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. The Bible says you and I are one as believers in Christ Jesus. We're all on equal ground. That's what he created us to be, all on equal ground. Stand with me as we close today. We just go to the Lord in prayer. How many have a need this today, a, a prayer need? A, maybe it's somebody that needs a healing touch in their body that you know. Just lift your hand if, you, if you're aware of a need today. We're going to pray for those here today. Father God, you see the hands lifted up here today. And Lord, we honor you. We love you. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we give you all the glory, all the honor. It belongs to you. And Father, this place, this church, these, these people exist together as a spiritual family. And it's my privilege, Lord, my honor, Lord, to be the shepherd here. I thank you for that, Lord. It's the greatest privilege I could ever have to love on people that you bring from all places, Lord. And today we ask you, Lord, as you saw the hands raised for family members, for friends that are in need of a touch, from you, from the Master. Lord, touch them. Bring healing to their back. Touch, touch Mother Betty's back right now, Lord. She's in so much pain. In the name of Jesus, we declare healing upon her, Father, this moment. We declare healing, Father, to just touch her body and feel her spirit, Lord, with encouragement. We declare that right now in Jesus' name. For anybody else here, Lord, in need of a physical touch, we pray, Father, that you would bring healing to them. Let them know, God, that you care, that you hear their cry, that you want them, Lord, that you desire a relationship with them, and that you love them and care for them. We thank you, Lord, for loving us, for creating this thing called the church which is a body of believers where we can gather together in one mind, in one accord, with one purpose, to worship Almighty God. We're going to worship one last time and, and, because that's why we were created, to worship.
and then we're going to be dismissed. So I want to worship this last, this last song. If you would join us in worship. Thank you, Father. church, Lord. And Father, we will give you the glory. We will give you the honor. Lord, as long as we live, as long as we are able to utter anything from our mouth, as long as we are able to raise our hands, we will declare to you that you are our God and our Savior, our Lord, the King of kings. Lord, you are the first and the last. You are the beginning and the end. You are the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, and so much more, Lord. We worship you here today. You created us to belong to a spiritual family so that we might worship you. And we come to do that today, and we thank you, Lord, for your presence today. We love you in Jesus' name. And as always, we just pray, dismiss with this blessing. Just lift your hands one last time. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift his, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen and amen. Have a great Sunday. You are dismissed. God bless you.